shut up. You guys, if, yeah. if we're going to take this same logic when we're absolutely praising Tucker with this movie, most of our listeners haven't seen Tucker and Dale and some other stupid stuff you guys praise that is just absolute horse for the comedy you know, that didn't miss playing. their mark yeah. <laughs> Tucker and Dale. Tucker or Dale. They were on their mark. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they were sure on it. Welcome to the What's Up Reddick Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matt and Heiner. Suffering, suffering, better at the dead. <laughs> Alex Burgess. <laughs> Let's get it. I can't use the intro as our fucking cold open, but I would. because I don't know what the fuck you just said, dude, but that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Charles. I need a name big, that has the, the mispronunciation big. of Succotash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what it is. I couldn't think, I didn't have time to look it up. I was like, oh, what is he actually saying? I couldn't remember. <laughs> yes. Suffering Succotash. I think I said Suffering. I don't know <laughs> what you said. I think you said Sassafras. <laughs> I was going to say some, some combination of suck and staph infection. I don't know. This shit was funny as hell, though. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that might be the greatest opening. I mean, that's had. kind of really what it sounds like, though. Oh, sure. I mean, but, you know, Succotash. Suffering Succotash. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's like all those song lyrics that you feel like they're saying that thing, and then you're like, oh, it's not that. I love that comedian that makes his whole show about listening to wrong song lyrics. It's great. Wow. My intro is all fucked up now. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit the follow, like, subscribe, bell, notification button, all that shit. Give us a review. Go down to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Leave us a review. It helps us grow the podcast. Tell a friend about us. Uh, tell a bridesmaid about us. Go to a wedding and just tell a bridesmaid or a groomsman about us randomly. And then offer them some succotash for dinner. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, with that, we are here to talk about John Wick Chapter 4. It was released March 24th, 2023. It was written by... Okay, let me get... There's a lot of names here. It was written by Shea Hatton, Michael Finch, and Derek Kolstad. It was directed by Chad Stahelski. Stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, George, George U, Lance Reddick, Clancy Brown, Ian McShane... Marco Zaror, Donnie Yen, Amy Kwan, Hiroyuki Sonata, Shamir Anderson. Jesus, there's so many people in this movie. And two more, Rina Sawayama. And finally, Bill Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Fucker in his life. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the high table. But before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces to turn old friends into foes. If you haven't seen this movie, let me get my let me get the spoiler out, Matson, and then I'll turn it over for your. I'm oh sure yeah, I was gonna say I probably will spoil something. So yeah, let me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, you want to avoid spoilers. Now's the time. Pause the podcast. Go watch the film. Come back. Pick up where you left off because we are about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So I think it's time. I think what I'm being told is it's time for the Matson. This is my uh, favorite part of the podcast. Of course, of course. <laughs> I think he doesn't do this movie justice. Like, if you've got friends in cool places that you haven't seen in a while and you need to pull, uh, let me phone a friend for some help, this is that movie. Go to Japan, go to a really cool hotel, hide out for a little bit, 
all of a sudden get ambushed by guys in really good looking suits that happen to be from this Frenchman that is just always cranky and dresses like he's in like Willy Wonka meets like a more stylish version of like George Clooney. And, <laughs> and that, that individual has the power to kill you. But then he also kills one of your best friends in Tokyo and also hires one of your other best assassin friends that gave his eyes to the cause and is now some still superhuman assassin that doesn't really want to kill you, but they're holding your daughter hostage. So you have to kill him. And it all culminates to John Wick talking with old friends that screwed him over that still want to help him. And everything's made better because John Wick never dies. Oh wait, does he die? Yeah. Great movie. Like go watch it. Lots of people die. I mean, countless bullets were shot. Fists were thrown. Friendships were broken, rekindled and continued on. Great movie. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's the podcast because I don't want to make people mad. I, <laughs> you can make people mad because I'm about to make people mad. <laughs> I wish they hadn't made this movie. Oh, so sad. I love this movie. It was so great. Yeah. It was entertaining. I yeah. will say that. I had fun watching it. But when I was watching it, there was moments where I was like, oh, this is bad. Like, this is really, really bad. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say it's bad. mm, This is hard because it was fun. To Alex's point, it was fun. I had a great time. It was great for a John Wick film. The fourth John Wick film. But there was nothing. The one thing that made the John Wick's films from start to finish, the first three, so good is it was different. There was something new in each one of them. There was a different take on things. This was the same shit. They just took the first three films and threw it right down to... Who the fuck is this hunter dude with the dog? And I think that's my irritation with like when I left and I was irritated besides the three hour runtime, which was wildly unnecessary for this movie. I have so many questions and I've never left John Wick with questions outside of I want to see more of this world that we don't get to see much of. Right. I didn't even leave this movie going. I want to see more of the Continentals and I want to see. I was like, I'm good. I've seen everything John Wick can offer me at this point. Unfortunately, that's not what I want, but that's how I felt because I felt like it, it just rehashed three movies worth of stuff again. And I was like, yeah, that wasn't as good as I had hoped it was. Yeah. Anyway, that was my thing. That well, like list your grievances and I'll send an assassin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll start with the hunter. Who is this dude? Every other villain or person that he's faced had a backstory of some sort, right? The, the mute woman in two that wants to make a name for herself, right? Being the person that defends this guy. She was defending it, the what's-his-face, and she would die to do it. The guy from the third one, his whole thing was like he just enjoyed being who he was and he wanted to kill John Wick and have fun because he offered him a great you know, prize, this dude, this hunter guy and this one with the dog, like there's obviously some history there of some sort. The guy's got a sketchbook with John Wick in it for pages. What's the history? Like, what's his motivation? It can't just be $50 million. It can't. You don't just pull your hand through a knife for $50 million and then let it go because he saved the dude's dog. Like, there's something else beyond that. And I was confused because I was like, I like this character. I'm interested in this character. But I felt like it was just, Halle Berry 2.0 with one dog instead of three. You know what I mean? Like I was like, eh, 
And then John Wick's always been a little invincible, but Jesus fucking Christ. The man got hit by at least seven cars, full speed, no stop. And what may have killed him is a bullet in his fucking kidney side. Shut up. He doesn't even have a kidney by the time he gets up those stairs. He's not going to die from that bullet. Come on. I've said this since we reviewed John Wick way back in our second episode ever to almost 350 episodes ago. John Wick can take a beating, right? And I, you know, I'm fine with it. But I found myself after like the fifth car under the Champs-Élysées or under the Arc de Triomphe going, uh, does he have? No bones. His inside's gelatinous at this point. And then he got hit by three more. <laughs> and then he bounced down the entire freaking set of 2,000 some odd stairs. He's got knee. He's got knees and and elbows of steel. He's Superman's uncle. Come on, like he's he's yeah, but he's, he's still so slow that the stunt yeah. have to hold their punches. <laughs> like they they keep winding up six times because I love old man Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he's just too slow, and it's not his fault. Yeah. It's studios and the Maxons of the world who want more and more and more action, <laughs> and so stuntmen have gotten to be superhuman. Currently, yeah. And the actors cannot keep up. And even as good as Keanu Reeves is, he was missing his mark all over the place. And I got to the point where, I mean, we have that amazing aerial shot. Oh, it was so good. Which I didn't look at beforehand, right? I didn't read anything about the movie, but they pulled this like from a video game. Yeah. When I was watching, I was like, oh, they use that because Keanu can't move. And like when they introduced that dragon's breath gun, like I was like, that seems overkill. I mean, it's kind of cool, but whatever. And then I went, oh, that's why they did it. Because yeah. you can't see, all you can see is muzzle flash from that angle, that up above angle. When you're watching gunfights, all you're going to see is muzzle flash. With that, you get to see the full shot. Impact. I was like, okay, I get it now. Which, again, I'm not bitch about that. Like, I thought that was really cool. All right, shut up. You guys, if, yeah. if we're going to take this same logic when we're absolutely praising Tucker with this movie, most of our listeners haven't seen Tucker and Dale and some other stupid stuff you guys praise that is just absolute horse shit for the comedy you know, that didn't miss playing. their mark. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker and Dale? Tucker or Dale? They were on their mark. Oh, they yeah. They, they, they well, were sure on it. Dale oh. ducked right when he was supposed to to miss the shovels. Dude, look. <laughs> I, I'm not, first of all, I, I enjoyed myself in this movie. I'm just saying, we talked about during our Mandalorian episode, jumping the shark. If a movie can jump the shark, this one's done it. It's one too many movies. And I felt it. I literally felt it because every time things that I wouldn't care about in the first three would happen, I cared about them in this. It was like, no, nah, it's distracting. Even down to, and not to bag on, like, I love Keanu Reeves. We know that. Like, I love Keanu Reeves terrible actor but i love him but like even down to like the choreography some of it in those early hand-to-hand -hand fights was a little sloppy compared to what it used to be and again that's not his fault it just is what it is he's old but i just felt like the whole time i'm watching this i'm like ah this and is just not what it was are you guys pausing the movie in the no, movie theater and we were like obvious <laughs> No, it was that obvious it, to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it makes it worse because Donnie Yen yeah. is hitting his mark. And he's the same age as Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And he is hitting it. And Hiroki Sonata, who's older, is hitting his mark. 
And so it stands out to when Keanu isn't. I didn't know that you guys were like stunt evaluators here. I'm not, but it was that much in my face. So here, and here's the other problem, Mattson. Every other John Wick movie, the first one, which is there, there will never be a better, in my opinion, than the first one when it comes to this kind of movie. It was so good because it was an hour and 41 minutes and it was just nonstop go ridiculous nonstop go. I don't have time to evaluate what's going on in this movie. In this one, it's two hours and 54 minutes with 30 minute gaps of exposition and weird ass fucking scenes that have never been in John Wick more than maybe one in each movie. But there were like five of them. So every time it slowed down, my brain went back to the really what could, should have been a cool fight scene. And I went, that wasn't up to John Wick par. It's, and, and then on top of the fact that I was confused, it was too much. They did too much. You jump from two hours and 10 minutes from your third movie to almost three hours long. And you could have cut 40 minutes of this movie and it would have been just as good. Okay, not you, know, I'm not, you know, I'm not fighting that. I'm king sure. of perfect runtime. I thought about it more. Originally, I was going to, I love this movie a lot. I was thinking about a five. I even mentioned that to JJ. I've since come down from the high because I can't overlook that. It's, it's a long, it is a long movie. Yeah. But it has multiple like 20 minute fight scenes that just make me giddy. Yeah. And they were cool fight scenes, but they went on for too long. Yeah. Especially, and I think I could have forgiven most of them, but the Arc de Triomphe one really just pulled me out of the movie bad. Because it was so distracting with all the cars. And like, I'm like, look, 19 people got hit. Every single person in that fight should have been hit by at least six cars. Not to mention once one of them was hit and thrown 20 feet, they're going to get run. Oh, it's going to be. If we're talking like that, he would have died in the first John Wick. We all know he, the dude fell from a skyscraper in number three and is still here. So that's up to me. We're just looking at a modern Rambo. Like, uh, he's dead. Yeah, we talked. I don't know all the way down the stairs. Yeah. I don't know what podcast we were on or what movie we were reviewing earlier about when you don't have time to plan for a fight. Like, doesn't matter how much training you have. That's usually when you die. Like that, because special forces people talk about that. I mean, it doesn't matter how good he's at some point. He's just gonna die because he's got forty assassins coming at him. So I, the suspension of disbelief there has been long since put to bed for me. But they almost broke their own rules. Yeah, while they were it was doing too, too much. I'm fine. I, you've never heard me say anything about it in the third one. My biggest complaint about the, my only complaint about the first one was the fact that the villain was so goddamn dumb that he tried to smother him with a plastic bag instead of shooting him in the fucking face. That's my issue with the first one. Outside of that, I don't care. And the guy got hit by an SUV almost at full speed, flew into another SUV and got up and fucking killed everybody. I'm okay with it. It was just too much. It was too much in this movie. My suspension of disbelief went, hey, we're still on planet Earth. Like, even though it's John Wick's planet Earth, that guy's not making it up those stairs twice. (laughs) Mine went, I know I rag on French cops all the time, but you'd have to think that at least one would have showed up. Well, that that didn't bother me because... Even in the background. That didn't bother me (laughs) because no cops showed up except for in the first one. And all he did was show us that the cops are not getting involved. (laughs) So I was shocked that up, Alec, to that in this universe, the world they've created, clearly these people have integrated in levels of law enforcement and, and they're probably just smart enough to be like, not touching that. We're That's just fair. 
gonna yeah. look the other way. It's like in the first one when he comes to his house, he's like, "Hey, John." He's like, "Hey, Bill." He's like, you working again? Maybe. It's like, okay. I'll leave yeah, I just always like they always. <laughs> he just walks away. I'm like, see, that makes sense to me. So that didn't bother me. Because if the cops got involved, like they would just all die. Like if these are super assassins that he's just mulling through, like the cops just add a layer that I think would have been confusing to the John Wick universe. Yeah. So I actually appreciated that day. I did think about it, not going to lie, especially at the church one where I like going up this, I'm like, that's a lot of noise at 5.30 a.m. in the morning in, in France, in Paris. Someone's going to be calling the cops. Never heard, once heard the. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. They know better. I'm yeah. sure they're all listening to the radio going, please hurry up and say they killed him. So <laughs> <laughs> now I've shit all over this thing. And I, I please understand. I liked the movie, but I cannot go into it without thinking about part one, two and three. And it just wasn't it was an inferior movie to what they've done. And it felt like, look, it's and they get it. It's time. We've got to wrap this shit up. So we're going to make a three hour movie where we tell every piece. Cause this could have been two movies in my opinion. Like I think that was the original plan, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think Keanu's just tired. Well, and now you, I mean, you have the unfortunate passing of Lance Reddick. So that makes it hard without Sharon. And so, I mean, it's no, but, and that was after this movie was filmed and everything else. But I mean, there's a lot of things that are getting in the way of that, but there's still a TV series coming about the inner workings of the, the hotels. And so, I mean, it's, it's coming. There's more to it, but yes, the initial was, there was supposed to be a fifth, but I don't know. And there still can be. Please no. (laughs) Yeah. Look for my common folk out there that trust my opinion. And that's That's all of you that listen to us because (laughs) Alec likes black and white movies and doesn't care about aspect ratios and length of movies. You're right. I care about story in this. He likes it. This okay, well, okay. JJ, at least you need to back me up on that. John Wick has never oh. been. It's been about a shell of a story that that he kills everything. It's John Wick's never been about exposition. It's been about action. I know, and that's the problem with this movie is there was a ton of exposition because they tried to do. Exp- <laughs> yeah, and, it's yeah not- and they ruined it because you introduce a villain, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, who's amazing! Great looking villain. First thing he does is he shoots a guy. He shoots Lance Riddick. And you're like, okay, maybe this is the villain that can take down John Wick. He clearly is okay with getting his hands dirty. Then he proceeds to be a punk-ass bitch for the next two hours. With the only badass thing he does is he stabs uh, Shamir Anderson's hand. Yeah. And the rest of the time, he's just calling in his bully boys to go get fucked up by John Wick. But you have the potential for this great character, this great villain, who can go toe-to-toe with John Wick. But they just never I don't think get he could it. go toe to toe. He's not on John Wick's level of super assassinness. We don't know anything about him. He could be. <laughs> well, and here's, I, I guess that's, look, I, hmm, how do I say this? John Wick is the bad guy. Wow, there's no that was good employed guys in this stuff. I mean, that's, I know, but he was the dude, he was the Bobby Yeager. That's who was employed to kill him. He was the super killer. Sure. Yeah, and he went rogue. So the high table has to take him out. And you're telling me they just put this, you know, little princess in? Well, so here's my issue with it. It's not about, like, I loved Bill Skarsgård because I think he's amazing. I liked the character, even the fact that he was kind of a pussy, but he was smart enough to go, look, I'm going to send everybody else at John Wick because I don't want to deal with it. But to me, it was just a rehash. We've seen it before in San Antonio, in the guy from part two. Like, he was the same character 
as the main villain in part two. And that's the part that I'm talking about. Like, this is a fucking rehash of the first three movies. You got a reluctant person that should want to kill him, but doesn't, that has dogs and gets sucked up into this whole thing because of the dogs. The second one, you got his good friends that betray him across the board, and then he has to fight them, but then they all make up in some way, shape, or form in the end and come back on sides. It's the same damn movie as two and three and bits of one wrapped up. And that was my problem. The story is the story. It's a John Wick story, which means there shouldn't be much of a story besides John Wick killing everyone and everyone trying to get in his way. And then the the bad guys that are kind of smart go, no, we don't want anything to do with that. We'll pay you a lot of money to go die so that we don't have to. But then they tried to inject this big storyline where we go all over the world where he's got to, He's got to go recreate the relationship he had with his family that they end up tying to the freaking Mr. Manager that I can't think of his name right off the top of his head. Winston, they, that they end up tying him as part of that family at the very end when he gives John his send off. Like all of these things that weren't part of any of the story, they tried to make it part of a story that this movie just shouldn't need because it's a John Wick movie. It's just about death and carnage and awesome action, which there was in droves in this movie. It was just the injection of too much shit that bothered me. Now, with that said, Donnie N, absolutely amazing. And the dynamic between the two of them was fantastic. Like I enjoyed that. And what I really enjoyed even more had nothing to do with Wick. And that was the two, like I said, it was Donnie N and, uh, the other guy in Japan. Hiroyuki Sonata. Yeah, Sonata. Those two were great. Watching them go at it. You know, I walk away. You know, I won't. Whatever it is, those interactions were great. So I had a lot of fun with that. Like, I enjoyed those. I enjoyed the hunter guy. Like, I thought he was cool. The fact that he was basically extorting, that he was helping to keep Wick alive in order to extort the bad guy. That shit was great. I thought that was fun. I just want to know where, who the fuck he is. Just tell me he's like her brother. He's uh, Halle Berry's brother. That's all you need to tell me or his, her kid or, you know what I mean? Like, give me that tie in and they go, okay, I know what he is. He's an asshole that he's pissed and mom's had to be in hiding since part three. And, you know, I'd be pissed too. You know what I mean? So it's like, I do think one thing that I did like about Japan that I thought they could have done a better job tying the bow is, that conversation that Sonata and Donian's character, Kane, and I don't remember the actual other Shimazaka. character's name, when he's like, you don't owe him anything. And he's like, basically something to extend of like, that's what friends are for kind of thing. It's, he said when it's good friends are there, when it gets tough. And when Donnie, when Kane's there at the bottom of the stairs, if he had made some sort of further reference to be like, come on, John, like, let's go. I mean, he, he kind of did, but if they tied it better to that, that would have validated a lot more of the Tokyo experience. For me, that is why they showed that in Tokyo, besides maybe setting up another show to show that, you know, Kane realized, hey, this dude's going to die. There's something I can do about it. And I'd like to think, even though what portrayed out on screen with the whole pistol thing, that maybe there was some off-camera dialogue that they, as they were going over, like, hey, you do this, I'll do this. Like, we're good. Like, we both can be set. Because clearly, Kane was complicit in kind of what was happening. And maybe there was just some unforeseen... They just knew what they were going to do. But I like to appreciate that Kane learned from his earlier interaction that, hey, like, this is something I can do for a friend. Yeah. 
I think he was complicit in what they were doing when he shot him the one time in the side. And he's like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I was like, because <laughs> that was like, you've been trying to kill me this whole fucking movie, asshole. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you in a place that hurts. <laughs> and I laughed. Like I thought, like I said, uh, their interaction, everything Donnie Yen was involved in in this movie. And the funniest thing I've ever seen in a movie, maybe ever, fucking doorbells strapped to a goddamn oh, I was restaurant. Say, that was awesome. I was like, what are those bombs? And then all of a sudden, ding dong. I was like, oh, that's, hol-. I was out loud laughing my ass off in that. I loved it. But then he all of a sudden got really good at seeing afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Echo location. <laughs> Cause I mean, it was like that intro scene, right? Where you re- realize that even though he's blind, he has these mechanisms, the doorbells, he's able to hear the bowstring go back and all these things make sense. And then we get into the nightclub and all of a sudden he knows where to throw his flash grenade. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, he played off the whole like, oh blind thing. He played it off so well. Like he'd like not see, but still have like some suave, smooth move. I was like, damn, like looks cool. Yeah, he got that from Star Wars, from Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I wonder if he's got a thing where every third character he plays a yeah, I, I kept, I was like, why the fuck is he blind? Like, I, I don't yeah, he didn't, he didn't have blind. to be blind. Like, they didn't need to do it. I was fine with it because he was just so good at portraying it, but it didn't really make sense. Yeah, and I get what they were trying to do. It was like, that was the price that he paid. Like, the dude's hand. Mm-hmm. He made the choice. I'm sure they were saying either lose your sight or lose your daughter. And then they just wrapped the whole daughter thing up. I, I just think you, you have leverage on this dude. Why do you got to make him blind too? Like, <laughs> come on, man. And maybe it's because he'd be too fucking cool if he could see too. Like, I don't know. But I love Donnie Ann. I And I enjoyed, fun fact, the guy that played the big dude with the gold teeth, which his whole scene was completely unnecessary as well. Yeah. Um, but the dude with the big teeth, that's the guy that played the big army general or sergeant or whatever in... It Man 4 that we reviewed. Oh, uh, yeah. They just put a fat suit on his ass, and that's, but that's who that was. That guy could, if they needed another penguin for a DC universe for some reason, there yeah. you go. That guy could be it. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's a Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins. That's right. That is right. Yeah. He was, I laughed when I heard that because I didn't know because he doesn't look like him. But then I was like, something popped up and it, they did. I think they put him. that scene in JJ because there's always those rumors about John Wick is really just Neo in <laughs> in the Matrix. And that whole like club scene, I mean, it made me think of the Matrix, like the way, like the water, the dancing and everything. I don't know. It just made me, I was like, the Matrix, like this is tie in conspiracy uh, theories galore. <laughs> when I was laughing because they were interviewing Chad Stahelski and they were talking about this movie and they were talking about that scene in general because of how difficult it is to edit it and film it because there's lights. And so when you do different angles, you got to keep in mind where the lights are flashing on people and on walls and shit. So he's talking about how difficult it was. And I was like, then don't fucking shoot it. Cause it wasn't, you didn't need to have that scene in this fucking movie. God damn it. Like that whole part. I was like, Ooh, I was so mad by his interview. I was like, Oh, cause I didn't like that scene. It was pointless. <laughs> Because Joey just got his ass beat by the fat man for like 20 minutes. I was like, come on. Anyway, that was neither here nor there. But like, yeah. And I well, I will say what I really like and what I really appreciate about this, the end of this movie is the the metaphor, I guess, at the end, because there was the moment where Bill Skarsgård's character said, there is no John, there's only John Wick. 
And so in the spoiler alert, quote unquote, he's dead piece where you have the, the headstone that says John Wick loving husband. That was the death of John Wick, like Skarsgård mentioned. John Wick himself, John the man is not dead. We know this. The man got hit by seven cars. A shot in the kidney is not going to kill him. <laughs> he's alive and kicking. He's just not John Wick anymore. He's John. So I loved that dichotomy of that explanation. And I think that was his realization as he was trying to get to the church that they did great at the end, but not so great in the middle when he tells as they're getting ready, he's getting ready to go up to the church. And I say the middle, cause that end scene was like 50 minutes long, but he was like, I want loving husband on my headstone. Right? Like in that moment, I was like, okay, he realized he can't be who he is now and ever have a normal life. So he's going to have to die. And it was interesting to watch that play out at the end and how that, you know, that was the lesson that he learned is he thought he could be John Wick because he was with his wife for a handful of years, but he's always going to be John Wick unless that piece of him dies, which he allowed to happen. So I thought that was cool. And then he's, when he says consequences and shoots him in the forehead, that was dope. I liked that part too. <laughs> I had fun with that whole scene with Ian McShane. Oh, yeah. Because you have this back and forth where it shows Donnie Yen and Bill Skarsgård. And so very much how you expect a duel to be. And there's Ian McShane. Have fun out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that character. I love Ian McShane, too. Like, only he can pull some shit off like that, too. And make Yeah. Fun. I love this guy. Even though he's a complete prick. Like, he sets this whole thing up to get his hotel back. And doesn't give yeah. a shit, you know what I mean? He doesn't care about John. He just knows he's betting on the right man. Yeah. But then I did love the moments where he was kind of sweating and shit. Like when he throws him down the 50,000 stairs and he's like, doesn't look like he's going to make it on time. And you can see him going, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> then the gunfire starts up again and you see him smile and he's like, yeah, bitches, he's coming. <laughs> we haven't talked about who wasn't in this movie for very long, but Lawrence Fishburne's character. always like him. I love yeah. that guy. Oh, yeah. The Bowery King is fantastic. It expanded my empire. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're way out there, bro. I'm sorry, that part too, he's talking about Tombstone. Long live the king. <laughs> like He's like, I know exactly what's going on mine, bitches. Yeah. He, yeah, did he say, like, I made, had it made years ago. Yeah. And he already oh, yeah, claimed yeah. his tombstone out. <laughs> yep, yep. It's great. Yeah, I mean, that's the fun part about it. I mean, there were moments of just pure greatness in this movie. I just feel like they just tried to do too much because they fit. It's the last movie in their minds, right? We're only going to make four. So let's get it all out there. Everything we wanted to do with Keanu and with this series of people, let's do it. And I, I just feel like it was too much that, and that detracted. That's not to say it's not a bad, not a good movie. I enjoyed it. I'll watch it again, but I'm going to fast forward through like at least the club scene, probably the Tokyo scene. <laughs> <laughs> Except the parts where Donnie Yen was using doorbells because that shit was God. great. Tokyo scene was awesome. It was beautiful. Makes me want to go to Tokyo. Yeah. I mean, it was gorgeous. But yeah, it was an interesting movie. I loved it. I know you did. I didn't hate it. I enjoyed it. Not surprised Alec didn't like it. I did like it. I was going to say, he's the same boat as me. <laughs> he liked it, but it was just not, there was so many glaring issues. There were so many problems it with yeah. it. And it wasn't even like John Wick problems. It was the actor problems. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, and the outside <laughs> stuff, like the technical things with the movie were the problems. Yeah, because even <laughs> if you go back and watch one, two, and three, like there's things where you're like, mm. yeah, but it's so much fun and it's so entertaining that I'm like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but I didn't like, I didn't like two very much. I like this movie a lot more than two or three. To me, it's close. It, I don't know if it can surpass one, but it's right about there for me. I, I just liked how it took, in my opinion, the best of all those movies and put it together in the last one. But yes, it was very long and some of the exposition certainly could have been cut. And I think they just, like you said, it's probably supposed to be two movies. They made it in the one, trying to do too many things that detracted from the overall feel of the movie. But I'm in that nostalgia period where I knew this was kind of the last hurrah and I had my rose colored glasses on and enjoyed it. Sure. And that helped me because yeah, like having done this for, we've done this for over three years now, just over three years. And a lot of it is the perception you step into that movie is either it's going to meet those expectations or it doesn't. And you have a sky high and it just bombs or you're, you're a lot of times some of our best movies that we thought it was going to be like mm-hmm. no expectations or it was going to be dog shit. And it was pretty good. And then we shocked about, wow, it was an amazing movie, but maybe our expectations were down at the bottom and we, came up a lot higher or we've seen so many movies we were like, Oh, it's supposed to be amazing. And it wasn't as good as I thought. And I think you guys had it on the John Wick bar and it didn't meet that bar or surpass it. And for me, I just kind of knew it was going to be the last hurrah. And I was, I was just happy. Like I was in a good mood. I was really happy because we've just seen so much stuff that has not been entertaining to me in the theater and going to a theater and doing all that. I just leave the theater. It's kind of like, meh, disappointed, just so much eye candy in this movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And we don't get that too often for me. So that's fair. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a Matson movie. They oh, all for are. sure. The John Wicks are. And like I said, when I give scores, like, and I'll go first, when I give my score, you're going to be like, dude, you fucking poo pooed all over this movie. But my score is going to be high. It just, yeah, it was entertaining. Yeah. It's just that, like, <laughs> it I, just I feel bad. like I've stepped into this, like, <laughs> this side universe of our podcast that because of like, we're in this little John wick bubble right now. Right. Like, so I think about how much John wick one to me is the epitome of a great action movie because it doesn't take itself seriously, but it does when it needs to, but it's just crazy action, awesome choreography, amazing simplistic characters that just do what they do. And I don't have to worry about deep dive shit. Two and three get a little more serious and have a little more, to them, but they're still very, they're cut from the same formula with just an additional piece to the original story. And so my problem is, is I'm rating this in this bubble of three movies that I could watch anytime, any place, no questions asked and come away going, man, I fucking love these movies. This one didn't hit that bar. But if I'm, if you're asking me to compare it to like the last 50 movies we watched, it's probably top five. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and so it's a really, it's going to sound like I hated this movie, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. I just can't move forward in a podcast without at least pointing out the problems that I had with a movie that I wanted to think was. One thing we also didn't talk about that I thought this movie did great was the music. That MC person and how yeah. they kept, kept kind of going through. I thought that was cool. Oh, yeah. And it got me pumped up. I was like, oh, another song. We're like, oh, we're going to another, another fight scene in a different spot. I loved it. All I was, what I wanted from that, because I love that too. I thought that's just clever where she's going through the different songs for the different locations. I wanted one like when he got to the top of the stairs or when like Donnie Yen came in and they were fighting together, like where she's like, 
uh oh, ladies and gentlemen. And then, <laughs> and then like she plays Don't Fear the Reaper. Like that shit would have been fantastic if it like she flipped it. And she's like, oh, you're all fucked. <laughs> well, they probably would have killed her. So that, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that probably, that's would, fair. probably wouldn't work. <laughs> Because <laughs> that, yeah. she, then she would have been on John Wick's side, no and shit. she would have died. Yeah, because I just felt bad because like it just ended right when they get to the therapies. Like she was, I was like, oh, that's such a cool fucking thing. I want it to keep going. <laughs> so I just thought that would have been hilarious. She's like, well, looks like he's making it, and then immediately, don't fear the reaper I mean, plays or like red right hand or something. That would have been dope. Got to get props to the dog. Oh, Pretty yeah. cool scene at the end when peeing on the guy like get, oh, get your revenge I laughed well and I love that he's like left. nuts <laughs> but I love that in part three like that was the only reason I liked Halle Berry's characters because those freaking yeah those Malinois are dope they're such a cool dog I don't want to own one because you got to be smarter than the dog and I'm not but <laughs> fuck they're cool dogs yeah alright should we rate this thing yeah, yeah. I'm gonna right. go first go so I don't get saddened but like yeah especially when it came out of my boss and he's my good friend also named alec thoroughly thoroughly enjoys this movie so i was excited and to me like i already talked i'm not going to go long-winded here this movie landed close to where i thought it was but like i said it's not a perfect movie there's some exposition and yes this movie is very very long there's a lot there i can even think of some scenes where they lingered on some stuff for like 10 to 15 seconds where i'm like why? What are we doing this for? And the whole Arabian desert scene, um, I remember watching it first. I was like, oh, we're done with this already? Like, we didn't even, you could have just shown that in 30 seconds that he shot the guy and moved on from there and we're good. Stuff like that. Like, you, my, the audience that listens here knows I'm, I'm really picky on that stuff. This movie was entertaining enough that I'm willing to very much overlook a lot of that because when I'm getting 20 minute chunks of fighting, I mean, there's only so much I can complain about. That's hard. There's spots I would probably skip through when watching this. I hope that being said, if you like John wick, you're going to like this movie enough. Like it definitely is in the John wick world. There's a lot of, I mean, I should have counted how many people died in this one. I'm sure there's some stat online with that. Donnie ends amazing. I enjoyed seeing Tokyo. It's cool to see another hotel. I was entertained. So with that being said, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I feel like that four, four and a half. I'll stick with a four and a half. I was entertained. If you like the John Wick series, go see it. This is a movie that deserves to be seen in theaters. Lots of visuals. I don't disagree with a lot of what JJ and Alex said, but I'm still in kind of the warm and fuzzies and I'm happy to stay there. I love it. Alec, go ahead. I'll go last then. I was going to okay. go first, but you go, buddy. You go. <laughs> yeah, so... John Wick Chapter 4. I did have a lot of issues with it, but it was mostly technical things. And I feel like they, since this was the last hurrah, they kind of squeaked that car across the finish line. And I think probably the most egregious sin I had with this movie was that you had the fight of the century lined up with Donnie Yen and Hiroyuki Sonata, and it, that was the short part of the movie. Yeah. That lasted 30 seconds, but like Madsen said, we had a 10-minute long Arabian scene. <laughs> like, sure, let's swap those motherfuckers. Or like a 15-minute um, card scene, card playing scene. That one. Yeah, like I didn't need that, but having these two guys match up would have been phenomenal. Because I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, it's gonna happen. This is it. This is the chance to be the sword fight in Hollywood history, the best one ever. And it was over way too quick. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What? 
are you guys doing? And then, you know, poor Keanu Reeves, he's missing his mark all over the place. But all that aside, this was a very entertaining movie. I had fun going in the theater and watching it. And even though it was a really long, you know, almost three hour long runtime, it was still action packed enough. And they had enough stuff spread out that it didn't feel quite as long as that to me. Like I felt like I was in a two and two to two and a half hour film just because that first opening of uh, Osaka sequence did not feel as long as it actually was. So it made the whole movie feel a little bit short. So I enjoyed that. I'm going to give it a four. It was docked because of that fucking sword fight scene, <laughs> but it was very entertaining overall. And, you know, aside from the little small things in there that I think are probably action movie quota. It was good. I enjoyed it. So four for me. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Look, my big, I have two beefs with this. Is It was really long, unnecessarily long. And my other beef with it is they tried to do too much for being a John Wick film. I could talk about a hundred different things that I think that they did that they didn't need to do to have this be continue to be an entertaining film. But I think I said most of the big ones that were very egregious to me in this, namely the poker scene and that whole thing. Like that's literally 30 minutes you could have pulled out of that movie if you include the part that they have to send him there to kill that guy. You know what I mean? Like it just was unnecessary. Anyway, so those are my two big gripes. With that said, other than that, like it was a John Wick film. It was fun. I loved it. I enjoyed the banter. I enjoyed the freaking death and destruction and chaos and murdering. And it was fun. And I thoroughly enjoyed the comedy. And I love Bill Skarsgård. I love all these actors that are in this to have a good time and make the most of it. I mean, Rip Lance Reddick, Sharon's one of my favorite characters in a long time. That's just this little bit player, but he play, makes such an impact, like watching the dog in the second one. Like, it's just great. I love all of that stuff. So really enjoyed it. I can't give it, I want to give it a four and a half, but I can't give it more than I gave the first one. So, and I scored the first one a four and a half. So I'm giving it a four. Other than that, I would have probably given it a four and a half, but I didn't give John Wick one a five. So. So this is just I'm I mean I'm glad that we're rating this movie. The, Wait, is he mad that we yeah. rated a four out of five? Because <laughs> you guys were coming and swinging so hard. I'm like, yeah, because there's you. a lot of glaring problems yeah. with it, but that doesn't change that it's an entertaining movie that people yeah. should go see. We need to we need to teach Alec how to rate a movie. I told he's, you, still, this is, he's still learning. This is a I, this is a rating in a bubble or in a vacuum. We're having a, this is a podcast episode within a vacuum. There it is. Uh, I'll shoot you in the kidney, Alec. That's, that's what I feel like. <laughs> Hell no, dude. It's more effective. To, it's more effective to run him over with seven cars before you yeah. do it. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm giving it a four. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I will probably watch it again, skipping an hour of it. But, you know, what mattered was fun. And I like the way that it ended, which I left happier because it ended so well, in my opinion. Though I did stick around for a very long credits for a very stupid scene. I think that part should help me. My boss told me not to stay for that because it added, because you had probably, I think you had to wait like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, it was a lot of credits. You might have felt slightly better because you. Did, I didn't, I just left because I know I'm not missing anything. So yeah. I'll just look it up when I get home. Yeah, it wasn't worth staying for. I did. And, they, you know, and it's it's interesting. I mean, I liked her character, so I think it could be interesting, especially if Donnie Yen stays in it and it becomes a thing. But I it was a millisecond scene that did nothing for me. I was mad. 
That's more of a microcosm of cinema these days. Like I don't usually stay for end credits because I know I can just see it at home. I'll just go home and then pull it up on my phone or whatever. It's rare that I'll actually stay anymore. And because every movie feels like they're entitled to doing something like that. And it's like, no, like you didn't earn it. We don't need that. It's fine. Marvel's kind of polluted the waters in my opinion with that. Sure. I stick around just because it's force a habit. I can't help myself. (laughs) Anyway, there it is. That's John Wick for you. Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. Happy to. Thank you for tuning in to John Wick Chapter 4. What did you guys think of the movie? Was it everything you expected or did it exceed those expectations? Let us know in the comments. And if you enjoyed the episode, drop us a like as it helps us grow the channel. And let us know what kind of content is most appealing to you guys. You can find our other episodes wherever fine podcasts can be found, including Stitcher, Ghana, and Apple Podcasts. I recommend the Town episode. It's a very good listen right there. Uh, special thanks to our current patron, Tucker and Dale versus the Ginge. You are Matson's Baba Yaga. If you enjoy the content we put out and are interested in having some creative control over what is released, consider joining us on Patreon. It helps the channel and every dollar earned goes towards dissecting my brain to see what went wrong during development. With that, I will send it back to the wazir of Wham, the great Bambino, JJ. I love it. Thanks, Alec. Sweet. Yeah, there it is. That's all I got. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Sucker pen, sucker dash. <laughs> Mike! Whoa. I'm the lovey baby. Cinematic out. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>